This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome into another edition of Bragging Rights. We are here today to preview the week two slate. If it's anything like week one, then we are going to have a fun, fun week. And I think a fun season ahead of us uh, kind of gave a little bit of 2007 vibes last week. So we'll see if things can keep rolling. We do have some pretty marquee matchups, though uh, it is a little bit taking a step back as far as, you know, um, I, and maybe that's just because we know we what we have now uh, more so. But still some really great uh games as a part of the slate here that I'm excited to get into. Before we do that, I need to introduce my co-host. My name is Madison. I'm joined as always by our brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? I'm doing well. Man, the, the fun thing about doing these uh, these Tuesday previews, especially on a week like this where for the next two nights, as crazy as it might seem, no football. So it's, uh, it's always fun. I always love looking at the lines really early and uh, you know, kind of working through through some through some lines, through some games. Um, and man, this week I'm I'm excited to get in. I'm excited to hear your picks this week. Uh, as you hit on, so maybe not maybe not the the slate we had last week, um, but but maybe even trickier of a week to pick in my opinion because I, I don't know about you. I, I was looking at these lines and jumping to a conclusion based off week one, and that is a bad bad sign of things to come so uh let's let's hope i can uh i can kind of have a change of heart here as uh, the podcast goes on yeah and i i made that joke about so am i because quite frankly i don't really know what i'm going to do in a lot of these I'm, I'm famous for the making the pick as i'm rationale you know going through the game and setting it up and that's kind of how i'm thinking through who might who might make it um and you come in with the x's and o's and and you know Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't for me. Sometimes you overthink. Sometimes I go with gut and we'll see who pays off in the end. You know, I could be wrong. Um, I, I bet you if I go back the last four or five years on my picks, one of the best weeks I have is week one. I, I think when it's just simple and you're just going off a of feel and, and all your the research that we do, um, maybe maybe I just keep it simple. You know, I like to overthink things. So um, <laughs> yeah. maybe that plays a part in, in from week one to two. No, I agree with you. And I was thinking about it too. You know, uh, I'm sure you just got the email. We're part of a King of the Hill uh, pool for NFL. And yes, I understand it's obviously going to be easier towards the beginning because you have all of your picks left. But I was getting ready and I was thinking through, okay, what's my strategy going to be this year for this King of the Hill thing? And I typically do start overthinking it, start getting cute towards the middle half of the season. Um, and same thing with college football, to your point. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I actually feel like I do better at the beginning of bowl season than I do towards the end of bowl season because towards the end, I know what I'm looking at versus the beginning. I'm like, I don't know who's going to win between MTSU and Kennesaw State. I'll just pick something. Uh, so so we'll see. Like I said, we'll see which uh, strategy pays off in the end. Um all right, well, let's just jump in here. Um, I know that we're getting started a little bit later with our recording than we normally do, so let's not waste any time here for the folks. Give them a mega-sized week one recap, so we'll keep it light and breezy today. Uh, first, Do we want to cover Clemson last night for a split second? Oh, sack? I guess we could. Yeah, you're right. I totally just forgot we did. Just real quick, did you watch okay. that game? Um, I watched some of it. You know, obviously being on the East Coast, Eastern time, uh, things get late 
here. <laughs> That's very fair. Um, so I watched till about 11 o'clock and it started to feel like Clemson was, you know, because I was like, oh, maybe we have, you know, something going here. Uh, the sea lion at the Atlanta Aquarium picked uh, Georgia Tech to cover or to win, you know, whatever. I don't know if they're picking against the spread or not, but they picked Georgia Tech to win, um, which then Dave Portnar from Barstool based his pick on this game based on the sea lion. So I was kind of interested to see, and I was like, oh my gosh, is there something happening and brewing here? Um, and then when I woke up this morning and saw the final score, I was like, well, that's about what I expected. But I will say this, I have been all off season drumming the Clemson's going to be better than they were last year drum. And they did not look good Pierce. Well, let me, let me tell you to hold off that uh, uh, jumping off that pick or that take just yet. And here's why. This team, and, and granted, the, the Georgia Tech's leader on the defense uh, got called for targeting. I believe it was early third quarter or so. And as soon as he went out, that's when the floodgates opened. Um, they they clearly missed him, and it was a bad momentum you know momentum point stamp from a standpoint in the game. Um, I, I mean, takeaways: Clemson's offense looked just as bad as they were last year. There was no difference uh, in, in in their offense at, really at all. Um, defensively they look like a 12 and 0 team and a national championship team. So, you knew Georgia Tech was going to struggle with their um on, on the offensive side of the ball and boy did they and and man, I thought it was going to be over. I thought it was it was over already when the first play of the game Georgia Tech threw a pick and it wasn't necessarily the quarterback's fault. They tried to take advantage and take a deep ball, but Clemson's D-line was on him so quick that they were able to hit him before he got rid of it, which caused the ball to flutter up and right into the hands of Clemson. Um obviously, you, you you had a feeling that it wasn't going to go end up being Georgia Tech's night. You just knew because Clemson's defense is very, very good. But, man, the offense from Clemson was just so pathetic. Here's why I tell you to, to hold off on that take, okay? They put in Cade Klubnik, the, the true freshman that I've been talking about, that he might be the starter by, you know, week four or five. He came in. And he operated at a – and granted, it was against – it was at late in the game where Georgia Tech was already out of it. He kind of looked a little like Deshaun Watson in that offense. He was running outside, making plays with his feet and his legs. He was throwing the ball on the run, very accurate. I, I think you should keep, hold on to that take because I think here in four or five weeks when they start playing some of the big dogs and this and Cade Klobnik gets uh, a, little bit, a little bit more familiar with the offense um, and, and, and becomes that – you know, for all intents and purposes, the sophomore, he'll, uh, he, I think he'll take over this job. They operated at a much higher clip um, when he was in there, and, and he just looks like he's a special talent, which is scary, scary for the teams that are at the top uh, uh, of the mountain so far. That's fair. I did not stay in to see him. I did not stay up late enough to see him get in. So I'm, I'm basing that solely off to DJ Uyunglele. It's so interesting how different. He has been as a player. Remember when he came in when Trevor Lawrence had COVID and he came in in 2020 and played at Notre Dame and we were all like, oh my gosh, this is the future of Clemson football. Hand him the Heisman now. Like everybody was so high on him. Obviously, we know what happened last season uh, where he, you know, he got better as the year progressed, but he didn't look up to the billing that we were expecting. Uh, and last night certainly looked to be sputtering as well. So interesting to hear that from you. Um, and we'll see. We'll see as the year goes on because something's got to give. You knew it was going to be maybe a little bit of a shakeup, obviously. Uh, Clemson having both coordinators leave in the offseason. So they had, you know, new fresh blood there at the helm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what was the final, Pierce? Do you remember? Top of your head? Uh, I believe it was 42 10. Something uh, like that. Maybe that's off. Maybe so it they was. They ended up covering. 42 17. Somewhere but it was around a, there. But it was a slow, it was a crock potting. 
It uh, was. It was. And that, hey, yeah. I, I know this is the jinx of all jinx here, but 4-0 on the easy peasy so far to start the year. That is the jinx. He will lose every single one. Fade Pierce this yeah, week. That's all I got to say. All right, let's jump in here with our week two picks. Pierce at noon Eastern time on Fox. I know why we're having it on Fox. I know why it's at noon because it's on Fox, but Lord have mercy to have the marquee game be this early. is going to be tough, tough, tough. The number one Alabama Crimson Tide heading to take on the Texas Longhorns. Both teams won their games last week. Alabama taking down Utah State 55 to nothing. Texas also taking care of their cupcake ULM 52 to 10. I don't know if you saw it, but the Texas band proceeded after the game to march through Austin. I'm assuming by the campus. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was by the campus because I toured there and they have a very uh, tall building that's very um, uh, distinguishable. And I think they marched past that, but they were chanting, We want Bama. Uh, bold, bold move, Cotton. Uh, we'll see how that goes for you this week. It is a 20-point spread is what the odds makers have it at right now. So both of these teams did cover last week. Let's keep that in mind. Um, it is in Austin. That bodes well for the Texas Longhorns, but Alabama is Alabama. They're inevitable. Pierce Bryce Young looks great last year, or last year. He did look great last year, but he looked great last week as well. You know, you knew he was going to have to bring something special, bring it up another notch in order to potentially repeat as a Heisman favorite, and he's doing that. Quinn Ewers did look pretty good. He had a pick, though. Uh, so, you know, he's a young guy's first time uh, there at the helm. Uh, did you see he got towed during the game, too? Yeah, yeah, and the joke on Twitter uh, during that game was that, boy, Saban, Saban's starting Texas week early. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to get in their skin now. Uh, so here's the thing. What we know about this game, and, and this is where I'm getting, coming with this rationale, I'm going to go out right now and tell you I'm picking Bama minus the points, and that's going to be the case for a lot of this season. Uh, I know it's in Austin. I know Texas has something brewing, but we know that Saban doesn't lose to assistants, and it's really freaking hard, Pierce, as an assistant to get the best of your uh, mentor, your former mentor, when it's the first time out, there's just too much knowledge there. And yes, Sarkeesian knows how Saban runs Alabama. He's very, very familiar with it, but Saban, he taught Sarkeesian, right? So he's going to know there's, there's more of a familiarity, I should say from Saban's side. Uh, I just like Bryce Young in this one. I think Quinn's pretty young. Um, and I think, like I said, Alabama is inevitable. So Alabama minus the points for me. I do like, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now, and you might you might disagree. 64 and a half points for the over feels like a lot. I might sprinkle a little money on that. I don't know about you. you like I said, that's a lot of points. Not a bad take. Um, I, I, my thing with this is, and, and again, I, I overthink everything, and maybe I'm overthinking this one. I, I can't. I think Texas is the play. I really do. Listen, I'm not saying Bama isn't a national championship team. They're still my favorite to win. It's just it's it's hard to go on the road and win by 20 against a good team. I know they're not there yet, and and they'll have some some stumbles along the way. But remember, Bama didn't go in and beat and blow out everyone last year. You know, certainly not to the likes of what Georgia did or LSU in 2019 or or, or Bama in 2020. Um, so, so I think they're a little bit susceptible to giving up points and I think Texas will get those points. However, I can tell you right now, uh, come Saturday, I will not be able to put my money on Texas and therefore it's Bama or bust. 
I'm taking Bama minus 20 over Texas, and I'm 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 uh, puckering up the whole day, knowing that that's probably uh, probably not the smartest pick. But I can't put my money on Texas, so Bama it is. I, I just think they, I think offensively they'll be able to score points, uh, and and I do think Texas will get some points, so I don't mind that over. I just think what it comes down to is the line of scrimmage, and I think Bama will ultimately wear them down and start running on them. They'll be up seven to ten. Um, you know, I think going into the third quarter and then they'll just start pounding the rock and, and really just, you know, and maybe even watch for Bryce Young to escape the pocket and, and run a little bit more, to, uh, in that, in this game, like he did in game one. Um, and I think it'll be just a little too much and I am worried about the backdoor cover, but give me Bama minus 20. It's, it's Bama or bust. I agree there. We have our first agreement for week two. We'll see if we get something different with this next one. Also at noon Eastern time on the SEC Network, the number 23 Wake Forest Demon Deacons in Nashville to take on your undefeated Vanderbilt Commodores. Now, granted, they've played Elon in Hawaii the past two weeks, but they also have been scoring a lot of points, Pierce. Now, they come up against a Wake Forest team that I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I was ready to pick Vandy in this game. I really was. They're going to get 13 points. They're at home. They've been playing well. They're one and one against the spread so far. And then I don't know if you saw the news, but Sam Hartman's back. He's been medically cleared. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how good he'll be, but to know you have that as a weapon, if you need it, or or, or rather you have that, you know, to potentially feel more comfortable, I just can't in good conscience go with Commodores on this one. I got to pick Wake Forest, minus 13 on the road. Um, I think... This is where we see what, you know, everybody's kind of making jokes right now about like, you know, Vanderbilt is undefeated and they've outscored their opponents by combined, you know, over a hundred points. And, you know, they're, if the playoffs ended right now, they'd be in the playoffs. It's all a joke because we all know what's coming. This isn't, I, maybe this isn't your dad's uh, or even your, a decade ago's Vanderbilt, but I just don't think that they're able to get past the Demon Deacons. So I am going to take Wake Forest in this one, minus 13, because of the fact that Sam Hartman's back. So I do want to ask you one thing. Did we have this line at 13? Oh, has it moved? I think I think when I was looking at what you sent, it's moved a ton because of the news of Sam Hartman. What um, was it I at? think I oh, think when you sent less, this. Oh, if it's less, then I'm going even more. I think you sent this Wake I sent Forest eight? minus eight. Oh, well, yeah. then hell. Because we go with people, people. I know the line has moved. So let that be for what it is. I still would pick Wake minus 13. But if we're picking it at minus eight, which is what we locked it in at, I'm going Wake Forest even harder. So I'm going to surprise you here. I'm I'm on Vandy plus eight, and I love getting 13 uh, now that it's moved. I, I, here's here's my rationale on this. I like what Vandy's been able to do offensively, and if there's one thing I know about Wake Forest, their defense is not all that good. They do allow a lot of points up. Um, and, and then on the flip side, I think that Sam Hartman coming back you know, he's, he had a blood clot issue, and so he hasn't even practiced in, in I think, a month and a half. Um, I think that is going to take some time to get back into the swing of things. He was just cleared uh, uh, within the last few days. I think you'll see a slow start for, for Wake Forest, a little bit of sloppy play. I do think Wake wins, but I think Vandy covers this one. Tr- truly, honestly, if you ask my gut, I like the over in this one more, but I, I'm going to go Vandy in this one, especially at 13. I definitely don't like Sam Hartman coming back. Don't get me wrong. But I do know they give up points, so I think Vandy can can get up to 20, maybe to 30. And there, I think at 30, they've got a really good chance to cover because um, uh, I do think Sam Hartman and company will be a little slower out of the gates due to his lack of uh, of time on the practice field and, and just getting back in the swing of things. So give me Vandy plus, plus 8 or plus 13. 
All right. Well, this next one's also at eight. I just double checked to make sure that we also uh, were right where the line is, but that makes sense that it moved. I should have checked that. Missouri is headed to the Little Apple to take on the Kansas State Wildcats. That game is at noon Eastern time on ESPN2. Both of these teams won their games last week. Missouri taking down Louisiana Tech 52 to 24. Kansas State dominating. Uh, what is that? San Diego State? Not San Diego State. What am I looking at? What's SDAK? Real time? I have no idea what that is. South uh, Dakota. Yeah. I didn't okay, even I know. Guess. I didn't even know. That's how inconsequential it was. They take down South Dakota 34 to nothing. Um, eight points, like I said, is the spread here. I. God, this is a tough one. This is a tough one because it's two teams that played nobody. It's two teams I don't historically watch. It's two teams that you don't really know what you're getting throughout the year on any given day. It's also two teams that are, have new quarterbacks. Adrian Martinez at Kansas State. What is his name? Brandon Cook at uh, Mizzou. Brian Cook. Lord of mercy. I should have done my research. Brady Cook at Mizzou. There you go. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Brady, for his effort last week, one touchdown, one interception, 201 yards. Adrian Martinez did not throw for a touchdown. Um, I'm not sure if he had a rushing one, uh, but he was 11 of 15 for 53 yards. That is a run-heavy offense, if I've ever seen it. Um, God, I don't know what I'm going to do with this one, I'll be honest with you. I think I'm going to go Mizzou. They are picking up points. They're picking up eight. Um, I think that I like Mizzou's defense to be able to hold it close and then maybe a backdoor cover situation. I think Kansas State probably wins this one because I I do like Adrian Martinez. Um, and uh, who do they got there? Deuce Vaughn at uh, running yep. back. So they're going to be running the ball a lot. I just think that that bodes well for Mizzou because of the fact that, you know, they don't have to keep pace. They just have to They just have to get a stop every once in a while. So I'm going to go Mizzou in this one plus the eight, maybe a backdoor cover situation. Um, I think Kansas State wins. Missouri covers. What about you? I'm, I'm going Kansas State in this one. I, I, I Again, I may be overthinking everything. I'm trying not to get wrapped up in what, you know, in the, in the offseason hype. And therefore, I, I kind of wanted to take Missouri in this game because it's not like Kansas State typically blows out teams even if they are inferior opponents. But I like Kansas State in this one. I, I think they're certainly the better team. At the at the line of eight, I think they get to at least 10. Um, I don't think it's a huge blood of more than 21, uh, but I, I'll take Kansas State in this one um, and, and cover my nose because you never know. If Deuce Vaughn isn't, isn't clicking, um, which I think he will, but if he's not clicking, this team might you know sputter, out, sputter a little bit. So, um, but, but on the flip side, again, I don't think Missouri has the – the firepower or the 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 depth and and you know the the players. I know they've got Luther Burden and I love Luther Burden, but at, at his age right now, I just don't think he's quite ready uh, to go toe to toe with Deuce Vaughn and company. And so I'll take Wake Forest. I'm sorry, Kansas State minus eight. Kansas State. All right, this next one probably one is one of my more intriguing matchups of the weekend. The number twenty four Tennessee Volunteers and the number seventeen Pittsburgh Panthers at 3.30 Eastern time on ABC. Both of these teams won last week. Tennessee in dominating fashion against Ball State, 59-10. Pittsburgh getting it done with a last-minute drive, 38-31 uh, to 31 in the renewal of the backyard brawl against West Virginia. 
Uh, this game is in Pittsburgh. Per, Pittsburgh can't speak. Uh, I can't remember what these teams did last year, Pierce. I know they played in Knoxville, I believe. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pitt won. I think it was like a 41-38 game. It was yeah. higher scoring, and um, Pitt ended up pulling it out in Knoxville. Okay. Um, six and a half point dogs at home based on what we saw last week with Tennessee, I got to imagine. Is that what we picked it out, or did we do it a little uh, we picked it at, you've put me on the spot here. We picked six it at and six and a half. Okay. Yep. Six and a half. We know that there's going to be points scored from Tennessee's, uh, st- from Tennessee's side. Hendon Hooker, it, he looked great last week, just like we knew he would. Um, Keaton Slovis struggled. Keaton Slovis struggled. And in the, comp- or the uh, competition, I should say, between him and JT Daniels, he was definitely the weaker of the quarterback. Uh, you know, it's going to come down to whether or not you think Pittsburgh at home can hold pace with Tennessee. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, no. I'm going to go ahead and say no right now, no, because we know Tennessee is going to give up points. Josh Heupel, he has made no reservations about that. He's like, we're going to give up points, but we're also going to score a crap ton. And I like them to outpace Pittsburgh. I don't think based on, like I said, what I saw from Keaton Slovis that we're going to see, um, you know, him be able to match Hinden Hooker. And you got a little bit of a letdown factor, Pierce. You have one team that's coming off of a cupcake game versus Ball State. You've got another team that's coming off of a hard fought, hateful, vengeful, spiteful rivalry and I think there's a little bit of a letdown factor. So I'm going to go Tennessee in this one minus the points. Don't feel great about it. Don't feel great about it because I could also see this flipping. And if you would ask me going into the season what I thought about it, I would say probably Pitt. But I just don't think in good conscience with the – if I'm writing the storybook of how this game goes, it's just too much for Pitt to overcome. So I'm going Tennessee minus the points in this one. Yeah, I'm falling. I'm falling your pick there. I, I've got to take Tennessee in this one. I, I, I toyed with the idea of taking Pitt. Because I do think Pitt has a sneaky good defense. And, and maybe it's not really not even sneaky. They have a good defense. My only concern is, is that defense what, I, what I've what i seen give Tennessee trouble in the past? They, they might be able to do some good things, but I think a very motivated um, Tennessee team who hasn't missed a beat from last year, they're very motivated coming to this game. They, they did not think that they should have lost that game last year. Uh, they, they thought they had played well enough, and, and Pitt just had a better quarterback and Made the more made the most plays, um, so I think they're motivated. It's a great litmus test for them. You know, if they lose this one, the, you know how it'll be. Those Tennessee fans will look around, going, "Well, gosh dang, this is a seven-win team again." Um, and so, in, in my opinion, that's taking a step back. Not to take anything away from Pitt, but I'm with you. I didn't see enough, and he did throw for over 300 yards, but I didn't see enough from Keaton Slovis uh, last week to, to to make me feel good about this. Now, some would say plan a Tennessee defense is a get right game for the offense. So maybe that's the case. I certainly think Pitt will score. I just don't see this defense. I've always said it. I, I the Tennessee runs and, and I'm going to piss some people off, but Tennessee runs more of that, you know, non power five or maybe pack 12. You could throw big 12 into it as well type of uh, offense. And generally when they play the big dogs or teams with a very good defense, they struggle. I don't think, and, and I'm, and by that I mean, you know, your Bama's, your your Georgias, your Clemson's. You could even throw Ohio State, Michigan in there. Uh, Texas A&M could even be a good one with their defense. Um, and 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 while Pitt has a good defense there, I don't know if they're on that caliber. And therefore, I do think Tennessee will score a lot of points here, and it'll be just enough uh, to squeak by against Pitt. So take Tennessee minus six and a half. All right, another one that we are in agreement for. 
seems to be the SEC teams that we typically know the most about and are able to agree on. The other ones were kind of like, who knows? All right, let's talk about the number 25 Houston Cougars in Lubbock to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. That game is at 4 o'clock Eastern time on FS1. Texas Tech, after a 63-10 to victory over Murray State, is favored in this one by three points. Houston had to go to triple overtime. They do get it done, but in triple overtime, first UTSA at UTSA. Um, I don't, I, I don't know why. I mean, maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm dumb. And I don't think Houston impressed us. But why, why are we all of a sudden high on Texas Tech? What, what? I, I, I'm failing to know why we think Texas Tech. I mean, yes, they had a dominating victory over Murray State. I think Houston's got a more talented team. Um, I think that they went into a hard-fought game and were overreacting to what happened. Do I think that they're going to be ranked by the end of the season? No. But I think that they have better leadership. I think they've got better players. Um, And I think that they are able to win this game outright. They're getting three points. Not a lot of points, but they are getting points too. So I'm going to go Houston in this one. Uh because of the fact that I think we're overreacting because we don't, we only have one, one sample size Pierce. The sample size is tiny. It's one game and we're overreacting a little bit. I think Houston proves they're a more talented team in this one. uh, And they're able to get it done. Also, you also have a situation where Texas tech has a gauntlet coming up. So I think this is the beginning of that. And at the end of it, we go, Oh, well that's, that's that. Duh. We should have known about that. We shouldn't have overreacted. So I'm taking Houston in this one. I feel like you're going to be opposite though, man. I, 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 I've toyed with this one. This one probably has been the toughest one for me to to, to decide because I agree with everything you said. UTSA is not a bad ball club. Uh, it was on the road, too. Um, and you can chalk that up to almost like the East UNC State game, the Appalachian State-North Carolina game, where you're playing a team in yeah. your state that's a smaller school, and they're going to get up and get fired up for it. So, And, and remember, Utah, UTSA had a fantastic Fantastic team last year, led by Sincere McCormick, who is now in the pros. So, I, I, I this is one I'm going to go Houston, and it's against bet, my better judgment because whenever a line is like this against what I think, and I've and and I said it, I believe in our pregame Big Twelve preview, I was not high on Texas Tech. I think they're going to really struggle. I think they're going to be one of the, the worst teams in the pack or in the Big Twelve. So, I, it's it, I got to follow what I what I said there. But man, at this line, this this screams Texas Tech here. So, against better judgment, I'm going to go Houston. I think they they do have uh, the slightly better talent. I, I hate that they're going on the road again. Um, and I believe Texas Tech won in Houston last last year. Um, so you know Texas Tech I, I may have their number. You know, it, even though this is a good Houston team, it's a non-power five. Texas Tech should be able to hang with them. That's a raucous place in Lubbock to play. Uh, so I, I, again, against better judgment, I'm going Houston. I, I, I probably, I feel like already saying that I'm on the wrong side, but give me, give me the Cougs minus or yeah, plus three, um, to go into Lubbock and, and get some revenge against Texas tech. All right. Another one that I feel like we, I'm interested in the line. I'll say that the Iowa state cyclones and the Iowa Hawkeyes at four o'clock Eastern time on the big 10 network. Three and a half points is what Iowa is favored by. Now, I get it. Maybe this is more of an indictment on what we think Iowa State is. 
But Lord have mercy, will Iowa even score three and a half points? Are they even going to score three and a half points? I don't. I don't really know if that's going to happen. Um, they scored seven last week. Four of those points were safeties. Um, yeah, I don't know against San Diego State. I, I don't know. And this is South a rivalry. South Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota State. I keep doing that. I see SD, and I just my mind goes San Diego. Um, South Dakota State. Whatever. Uh, point is, not even the best team in South Dakota. And they're not even able to to score more than seven points. Um, something's got to change for Iowa. And if you're an Iowa fan, I think you almost – this is going to sound terrible, but you almost root against your team this year because maybe then a change will come. Um, I get it. I, I understand that Iowa State has had a ton of turnover this year. Um, you know, I'm looking at their leaders right now on their uh, roster, and I don't recognize these names right? Like they're not names that are household names yet, yet, but it's a Cyhawk trophy. It's a rivalry game. Um, I was down bad. I don't see that getting better. I'm going Iowa state in this one because all they have to do basically Pierce is score a touchdown. I, all they have to do is score a touchdown and they win this game. I'm going to say that right now. Like that's how bad Iowa's offense is. Now their defense is good. Their defense, like I said, scored two safeties last week. So they're going to, it's going to be a tough uphill battle for Iowa state. Again, you score one touchdown, you you cover the spread. So I'm taking Iowa State for that reason. They take home the Cyhawk Trophy. Yeah, this is. Uh, I, I said that I said the game before Houston Texas Tech was maybe maybe had the biggest stench of any line that I that uh, of this week, but this one's right there too. I do think Iowa will will will, will figure some things out this week. I'm not saying they're going to go for 40 points, but I do think you'll see them score at least two touchdowns in this game against Iowa State. I will say Iowa State has played well or played well in their first game. Um, really had a had a solid performance. You know this Iowa State team is down again. Kind of the logic I used to go against Texas Tech because I had to back up what I've been saying in the offseason. I should be going against Iowa State here. Weird things happen in this game. So flip a coin. Weird weird things happen. I almost kind of like the over in this one of forty. I think it's forty two more than either side. But giving me three plus the hook of uh, – so I get in thir- three and a half over Iowa in a rivalry game where weird stuff happens where despite only scoring seven points and no offensive touchdowns last week, I'd still expect Iowa to win this one. But I'm going Iowa State. If the weirdness continues, Iowa State will get this win or at least cover three because you know Iowa ain't scoring more than more than 30 points. So I think Iowa State keeps this close. All right. Let's turn our attention to the night slate, the number 20 Kentucky Wildcats headed down to the swamp to take on the newly revamped number 12 Florida Gators. That game is at 7 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. We all know what Florida did last week. A lot of people were saying they won the week uh, with what they did against number 7 Utah at home. We already knew it was a tough place to play, but it was solidified there. We got it at 4.5. Florida being favored at home by four and a half points for what Kentucky did last week. They won um, 37 to 13 against Miami of Ohio at home. Both covered their spreads, obviously. Uh, So they got, they did what they needed to do. It just comes down to whether or not you truly, truly believe in the hype between these two teams. Uh, Kentucky has, I mean, maybe rightfully or maybe not, a very well regarded, maybe one of the most lauded uh, or lauded, however you say the freak, you say that word. I think it's lauded. Most lauded. I just pulled a U. Um, most lauded quarterback in the game with Will Levis. Unreally 
proven, but a lot of people expect him to do some major crazy things. Florida on their not to be outdone also has somebody who we've all been waiting to see. And that's Anthony Richardson, except for he already backed it up last week was a big coming out party for him. He threw for 168 yards, ran for another 106 and had three rushing touchdowns on the day. Um, I mean, there is something to be said about a letdown situation, right? Like there is something to be said about the fact that they just were able to take down a number seven opponent at home. To think that there isn't a little bit of a hangover factor, you'd be you'd be lying to yourself. But they don't have anybody to look ahead to really um, that would necessarily put them in a sandwich situation. That being said, God, I hmm, ah, uh, nah, screw it. I gotta go. I gotta go. Florida, this one. I think Florida wins this one. They continue there. Um, no, you know what? Screw it. Go back. I'm taking Kentucky plus the points in this one. I think it's going to be a close. I think it's going to be hard fought. I think it's going to be physical. I think Florida gets the best of Kentucky, but I think it is by a point or two. I don't think this is a uh, you know uh, runaway for either of these teams. Not a huge spread. Four and a half points is not a huge spread. But that being said, I like this one in a actually sneaky big rivalry. This game means a lot to at least Kentucky. It was only until a few years ago that they hadn't beat Florida in like 30 years. Uh, So this game means a lot to Kentucky. I like them to get up, but I I like Florida to win this one, but not cover. So I'm going to Kentucky. Man, I was looking to to finally have a spot to go against you, but uh, I'm... I'm with you. I like Kentucky in this spot. And a lot of the reasons you mentioned, I do think it'll probably be a close game. A lot of wacky, the last couple of games, I feel like a lot of wacky stuff has happened between these two teams in Lexington. But it does seem like Florida has, uh, you know, when they pull it out, it's it's back and forth late. And then they pull it out when it's a, you know, two or three point game. So I do like having the four and a half. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kentucky uh, uh, pull the upset here. Kentucky is going to play pretty good defense. I think certainly they'll be pretty similar to to Utah last week. They're at home, which is a much bigger deal um, as opposed to going to the swamp. I I look for a couple mistakes from Anthony Richardson in that environment against a a good defense. I I do worry a little bit about their offense. I do worry about Will Levis, but I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that they can't score points against a good, but not elite Florida defense. They're certainly missing some pieces there. Um, maybe more so than on the offensive side. Uh, so I think it takes a, a, a crazy performance from Anthony Richardson to win this game and to cover this game. Uh, I'd like it to be close. I, I I would lean Kentucky probably pulling off the upset, um, but but getting the four and a half at home, I, I got to take the points here. Kentucky's too good not to keep this one close. All right. At 8 o'clock Eastern time on the ACC Network, the Boston College Eagles and the Virginia Tech Hokies We'll be squaring off. Um, these teams were bad last week. There's no beating around the bush. They both came out with losses. Uh, we were pretty high on Boston College and Phil Dracovic, uh in the preview episode we did on the ACC. They lost to Rutgers at home by 1.22-21. Virginia Tech traveled to Old Dominion. They lose 20-17. to In this one, Virginia Tech is favored by three points. Um, Actually, we got it at two and a half. So they're favored by two and a half points. I call me crazy. I'm going Boston College in this one. I think that losing to Old Dominion is a bigger indictment than losing to Rutgers. I think Rutgers is getting better under Greg Schiano. Um, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Phil Jerkovic looked bad last week. He threw for three touchdowns, but he threw two picks as well. Um, but I, 
look across the field, Pierce, and who do the Hokies have at quarterback? Oh, Jess Grant Wells, who threw for a touchdown and four interceptions. Uh, I don't. I know it was on the road, but like, Lord of mercy, that's that's a pitiful, pitiful performance for them. I'm gonna go Boston College in this one plus the points. Um, I think it's a low scoring game. I think it's physical, and I think even though Inner Sandman will be going on and it'll be a uh, hype crowd, I think Boston College gets the win on the road. What about you? Yeah, this is one where I'm afraid I might be uh, reading too much of what happened in Week One because I did watch a lot of that Virginia Tech game. Certainly. Nothing to 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 write home about about Boston with Boston College. That was a you know I, I'd been calling them a, a potential sleeper out of the Big Ten or out of the ACC, excuse me. But man, you can't just go and lose to Rutgers like that. However, I'm going to chalk it up to Rutgers being in the ACC, having the bigger, better talent, even if it's JUCO guys or transfers coming in. I think I think uh, I, I I mean listen, call me a stu- call me stubborn. I'm going to follow Phil Jerkovic Jerkovic all the way to the end. Um, I think he'll have a get-right game. I do worry about it being in uh, Blacksburg. Blacksburg is a tough place to play, and and I could see Virginia Tech having a get-right game as well. But, man, I watched enough of that game against ODU to, to know that they just don't have much juice in that team, and uh, and I think Boston College will be able to hang around and will ultimately win this game. So give me uh, Phil Jerkovic, and uh, hopefully, we can, hopefully we can take that one. Hopefully I'm not overreading this from week one. This next one, I am so confident about, I could spit. The number nine Baylor Bears going to Provo to take on the number 21 BYU Cougars. That game is at 10, 15 Eastern time on ESPN. No shot in hell I catch much of this real time. Uh, 10, 15, I'll be at the Georgia Samford game, and I have to get a friend to the airport early a.m. in Atlanta on Sunday morning. So there's no chance I watch any of this real time, but that being said, three and a half point favorites at home we know how tough it is to play at Provo and despite weather delays and everything going on in Tampa they took down USF 50 to 21 Baylor gets it done against Albany 69 to 10 I love BYU in this one I know Baylor's Baylor's tough Shapin good quarterback uh Reese great running back I just know how tough it is to play at Provo. It is, these two teams are probably comparable, right? From like an actual talent standpoint. I think that Baylor gets it, or not Baylor, I think BYU gets it done in, in, in relatively convincing fashion. They definitely cover the spread here. They definitely win the game. Um, and, and that Mormon energy, even though they're all hopped up on Dr. Pepper and not Fireball, gets it done. Three and a half points, I'm taking BYU. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I think this is probably the favorite line and favorite matchup I've got all week. Baylor's not a bad team, and they seem to be a team that um, I think they're ha- going to have a better year than maybe even I anticipated. But man, I, I've got BYU ranked a lot higher than uh, than Baylor. I, I know it's uh, Baylor's ranked tenth, and I and what BYU's like twenty something or maybe high 21. teens. But man, they, I think the line just screams BYU in this one. They're favored over a, over a, a team eleven spots ahead. Now there is a there is a crazy world where um, their, their quarterback and I, and I'm going blank on his name. I can see him as as I can see him going through my head making plays this week. There is a world where he comes out and absolutely dominates and, and or lights the world on fire. But you hit the nail on the head with Provo being a tough place to play. BYU's got a very good team this year, 
and uh, and I don't think they'll be looking ahead too far. I, I love this game. Give me BYU minus three and a half all day, and uh, and I don't. I think this could be a four uh, a fourteen point win for for BYU um, if they come out and play to their capability. So love double it, love it, digits. love it. Double yeah, I do. Digits. I love it. All I right. do. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I love it. I I'm telling you, they have a very tough schedule, but I think BYU could. Could be having an, have an outside shot to, coming down to November with uh, a chance at the playoffs. I agree, and they're an independent, so sometimes that works out well for you, and sometimes you look forward and you go, well, you don't have a conference championship to play, so they're going to have to win these games, kind of like Notre Dame. They have to win. They have to do it in convincing fashion to be in the conversation. They have to do it even more so because they're not on the national scope that Notre Dame is, who seems to be able to not do anything wrong and are still in the top 10 every year. All right, last but not least, Pierce, at 11 o'clock Eastern time on FS1, the Mississippi State Bulldogs will be in Tucson, Arizona to take on the Arizona Wildcats. Um, 11 points 11 points is the line here Mississippi State favored by that Will Rogers has a very it's becoming more and more apparent he's got a chance to be in New York at the end of the season I don't really think he wins it but you know, he kind of is starting to have a little bit of hype like Johnny Manziel have where like he's a playmaker. He's exciting. He's got a cool personality. He plays for a coach that, you know, um, is certainly uh, also in the spotlight. So that helps him as well because people are tuning in to watch what Mike Leach might say press game, you know, press conference type situation. Uh, Arizona, we I mean, I think you probably I think you had them under two wins in our preview episodes there. You knew that they were going to be or you predicted they were going to be a, a, a bad team. They did go to San Diego, not South Dakota, San Diego, and they beat SDSU 38-20 to 20 last week. Mississippi State, in a rematch of last year and also the Liberty Bowl, beat Memphis 49-23. to 23. Is there – I mean, I'm not – I'm going to jump to conclusions and say you're picking Mississippi State in this one. I am as well. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you'll correct me here in a second, but – the year three of Mike Leach's offenses is when things start getting humming. Will Rogers is a not just serviceable, but a good quarterback for his system. Now, we also know what happens to uh, Mike Leach's quarterbacks when they get to the NFL, looking at you, Gardner Minshew. But for what he's got, for the scheme he's got, Will Rogers fits it perfectly. Um, and I think that Arizona, although that was a great win for them, I don't really give them a shot in this one. I think Mississippi State goes on the road and uh, is able to put up so many points. It's going to make your head spin. Um, last week, I remember saying that uh, the rain would be an issue for Mississippi State. Going to have clear skies on Saturday night. So I'm going Mississippi State big, 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 big in this one. Yeah, and I and I hate this now because we only disagreed on one game, and that doesn't fare well for us. So Two games. Um Wake Forest, you had Vandy and Mizzou, and I had you had Kansas State. Oh, you had Mizzou. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. That makes you feel a lot better about picking Mississippi State here, and I don't feel great about the game overall. I, I, I do expect Mississippi State to go in there and put up points, put up numbers at the very least. I, I think we're sleeping on Jaden Delora, a uh, kid that transferred in from Washington State. I know it's San Diego State, but but a lot of people thought San Diego State would win that game, and and Arizona went out and and put a whooping on them and, and look good doing it. They did bring in a good recruiting class this off season. Um, I'm sure they brought in a number of transfers outside. I know they brought in some transfers outside of Jaden Delora. Uh, I, I, I would not be surprised to see Arizona keep this one within the 10. 
Um, but I got to go Mississippi State because I do believe Mississippi State is going to have a very good year. They can't have a good year losing to Arizona. It just won't happen. And and even if they do have a good year outside of losing to Arizona, the lost Arizona ruins your season. So I don't think that'll be the case. I like what they did against Memphis. Um, I am a little wary and a little worried that they might overlook Arizona. But 10 and a half is too small. I would have guessed this was more like a 17 point game. Um, so, so give me the dogs minus 10 and a half. Um, I think you said 11. I think we put it at 10 and a half. Oh, okay. Regardless, I like both of the numbers. So give me state. Give me state. State. Over Arizona in Tucson. State. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Only two disagreements, but that either bodes really well for us or really bad. Uh, for what it's worth, yep. typically in the pick and pool, uh, I tend to sometimes overthink things and switch things over. So who knows? Who knows what I do? Hopefully I do better than I, I did last week with that pick and pool. I got to make up some ground on you and the rest of the field, uh, which speaking of, make sure you get your picks in. You have until Saturday at noon, no Friday night games picked. So you have until Saturday at noon Eastern time to get those picks in. I believe you can still change things throughout the day as long as it hasn't kicked off yet. But just go ahead and get your picks in so you don't have to worry about it. Set it and forget it. All right, before we let you out of here, it's time to preview our, or not preview, but it's time for Pierce to give you his easy peasy picks. These are where he thinks the money is this week. Sometimes repeats, but it's if it's a repeat, it's him telling you, I'm actually going to put money on this thing. He's not just giving you picks. This is where he's putting his money this week. So this is... Uh, you know, fade him. Don't fade him. Your choice. Pierce, what you got? Yeah, you hit on it. This might be the week to fade me since I uh, I gave out that horrible jinx statement uh, that I'm sure will come back to backfire on me. 4-0 start. 4-0 start. I'll say it again. 4-0 start. Great start to the year. Let's look to, let's look to keep it going here. I've identified three that I really like. First and foremost, we talked about it. You, I think you said it was your favorite play. BYU minus three and a half. Listen, like I said, I think this BYU team has an outside shot, at least to be in contention uh, for the playoff spot. You know, later in the season, they do have a tough schedule. Um, playing Arkansas, obviously playing Baylor. Baylor is a, a top ten team, but Baylor took a step back after after last year, and and I don't think it would take a heroic effort from a, from their young quarterback in a very difficult environment, and it's also a night game, which makes it even more difficult. Uh, I like BYU to, to not only win this by a touchdown and cover the three and a half, but I really do like to go to double digits. This might actually be an alternate line, if I can find it, um, to give me a little a little plus action on the, on the BYU Cougars. So love BYU minus three and a half against Baylor. Second one scares me just a little bit because you know how volatile it can be in the Pac-12, but USC opened at nine against Stanford. And and if you really believe, and in, in which I, I, I got to put my money where my mouth is, if you do believe that USC is going to going to take a big step up with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, they 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 beat Stanford by nine. I, I understand it's in Palo Alto. Uh, that does not worry me. Uh, USC has the firepower. Certainly interested to see how their defense does in this one. But if there's one thing I've learned about Stanford, they're not a high-powered offense. So I think USC covers this nine rather easily. If this was up to 13, it'd cause more hesitation. But USC ought to have the firepower to go in and uh, and put up 40, at least high 30s, and get the cover against the Cardinal. And then last but not least, the game we already covered, Wake Forest Vandy. I like the over in this one. Like I said, man, Sam Harton might struggle ah. to get started. They might struggle to get started, uh, you know, the first quarter. But I think, you know, I think there's – Vandy has a couple good players, and they're certainly better than last year. Uh, but I do think Sam Hartman uh, and his offense will get it clicking. I do expect them to get to 30. Hopefully they get to 40 points. 
And I like Vandy to get to the high 20s, maybe low 30s in this one. Wake Forest, if there's one thing that they have not done well over the last year and a half is to keep uh, opponents' offenses, you know, low scoring. They're they're susceptible to give up some points, and and I do think Mike Wright will pose some issues uh, with the speed that he has uh, on the ground. I do think he'll be able to prov- you know provide at least 20 to, to 28 points for this offense against a suspect defense in Wake Forest, and I think Wake Forest once they get clicking will end up winning this game, you know, somewhere like 42 to maybe 30, 42 to 28, uh, which gets you to 70. The over's at 62. I like that little cushion there. So uh, Wake Forest over Van- uh, with Vandy over 62. Uh, and let's try to let's try to get this one to 7-0. and Let's see if we can do this one, people. Uh, I got another one. I know I threw out the over in the Bama – Texas game, I think that's a good pick, even though it's in the 60s. But, uh, hey, we didn't preview this game, but UNC has to be on the road again. They're going down to Atlanta to take on the Georgia State Panthers. Seven and a half points favored by uh, Georgia State. Hard-fought game, lost, though, to South Carolina on the road. UNC obviously had an absolute basketball-type game at App State. I understand Georgia State's not App State, but they have been known to get the best of teams. They're getting them on their home territory, and they are dogs. I I think Gene Chizik's defense might be in for a tough day, and uh, I like I like Georgia State to cover that one, potentially. So that's a bonus one for me uh, in, that we didn't preview as well. So, hey, and whoever made that schedule to have UNC open on the road back-to-back games like they have to go to app state and then to georgia state what is happening there so i don't know but it wasn't a great it doesn't yeah. look like a great hire so far for g Tizek. i like that one also i even might sprinkle a little a few bucks on the on georgia state winning outright Ooh. um I, I think this might be the week unc uh UNC goes down. They've been playing. They they have not played well enough on defense. So I, I like that pick. There you go. All right. Well, that's Pierce's easy peasy picks. Not that we condone gambling here at Bragging Rights, but if you were to gamble, that's where we think the money is this week. All right. We've taken you through the top ten games. We've given you where we're putting our money this week. It's time to let you go. Do your thing. Make your picks. Mistakes, predictions. Notice I said mistakes because sometimes that's how I feel about my picks. Uh, it's time for you to go off and do the dang thing. We'll be back next week as same time, same place with our preview, with our recap. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss anything. Make sure you are following us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok at Bragging Pod. That's bragging without the sec their third G, I should say, B-R-A-G-G-I-N-P-O-D. Pierce was prolific on the tweeting. You, uh, last weekend so you missed some really good insight if you weren't already following make sure you are doing that I'm going to start getting some graphics and some videos involved when I when you know when I get the second to breathe it's fine alright that's going to do it here for Bragging Rights until next week I'm Madison and I'm Pierce stay blessed y'all <laughs>